morning. How are you this morning? I hope you're well. My name's Nick Rescue. I haven't been here for a couple of weeks. I'm the senior pastor here. For those of you that are visiting, uh, we actually have um, two campuses or two churches that we, uh, we work in. One is here, and uh, we thank God for that. Charles is the campus pastor here. And then we have another church uh, which we oversee, which is in Bendigo. And uh, we've been doing that for the last three months. And uh, so I've been down there just uh, getting the leadership there in the right uh, positions. And I thank God that last week we inducted uh, Steve and Jenny Maisie. So they've got their own campus pastors now. Isn't that fantastic? So we thank God for that. And uh, it's been a bit of a journey. But, uh, you know, the church is going well. And we've able, been able to just reestablish some things there, which has been fantastic. Over the last three weeks, they've been a little bit difficult. Um, we were in Adelaide. My wife and I, my uh, my mum got sick. We had to uh, call the ambulance, and the ambulance came. She had uh, a chest infection. But what was funny is when the paramedics came, uh, she was telling them what their job is. Uh, those of you that have met my mother, uh, she's 82, and she was telling the paramedics, "No, you you know you're sort of doing this wrong. You need to put this here and put that there." And I had to tell her mum, they let them do their job. But uh, thank you for your prayers, and I just want to let you know that she's out of hospital, she's doing well, and she's still cooking, which is absolutely fantastic. This morning, just before I start, we're just going to thank God for a few things. Is that all right? You know, sometimes in our prayer, we petition God, we ask God for things. But you know, there's five, six different types of prayer in the Bible, and one is the prayer of thanksgiving. You know, I know that many of you, and there's some of you today that are facing some challenges that, um, you know, you're you're battling with some things. I'm fully aware of that. Uh, But, you know, today we're going to pray, and I'm maybe going to get some of you to stand that have a need, but we're going to gather around you, and instead of petitioning God, we're going to thank God. Is that all right? And, uh, you know, just thank Him. This week, it's, it's great to see Jade and Damien here and uh, Rick, and uh, I'm not sure if Anna is here, but you know what? Um, Jade, we prayed for her on Sunday. She went and uh, had brain surgery. They took a tumor uh, out of area of her brain. And would you believe that she's here today? Now, I don't know about, yeah, I I think we should give God a hand of praise for that. Now, I I don't know about you, if that was me, I I would be staying at home and I'd have everybody running around me, making sure they did everything for me. And and you know what, Jade, I just want to commend you for your faith. Your dad, I think it was your dad or Damien told me yesterday that you were determined to be in church. And that is amazing faith. And so today, if it's okay, if maybe you could stand and Rick and Damon, and we're just going to get some people around you just to thank God. But, you know, there might be others of you that have a need in your life. Uh, If you have a need and you really need prayer, why don't you, you need God, why don't you stand to your feet just where you are. Would you do that right now? Would you do that? If you have a need in your life, just stand. This is what I'd like us to do. There's someone right at the back, so make sure we don't miss her. We're just going to, we're going to all stand. Can we do that? Let's all stand. 
And let's gather around these people. Some of you can't get around them, but that's okay. Let's just get around them. We're just going to thank God just for a moment. Can we do that? Come on, just begin to thank God. Just begin to thank God for them. Just thank them. Thank God and say, God, I just thank you. Thank you. You might not know what their situation is. You might not know what's happening in their life. But thank Him. Bless them today. Bless them today. You know, God, God is in control. God knows what He's doing. And today we just, we just lift an anthem of praise and thanksgiving. Our God is great. He is able to do things that we can't even imagine. And today we thank you. We thank you for your power. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your peace. We thank you, God, that you are able to intervene even when we can't see the things that you're doing. And Father, we bless you today. Today we thank you. We honor you for the miracles, for your goodness, for your favor, and for your blessing upon our lives. We thank you for your continued work that you are at work. And we bless you for that today in Jesus' precious and holy name. Now just come back to your seats. Don't sit down. I'd like all of us just for a moment. You know, we don't do this enough in church. We don't thank God. But I would I'd just really love if all of us just lifted our hands towards heaven just for a moment. Just for a moment. Why don't you just thank him? Just put your soul at peace. You know, when you thank Him, your perspectives change. Boys, sometimes when you're going through a storm, I tell you what happens, you keep your eye on the storm, on the trouble, on the crisis. But the moment that you lift your head, the moment that you lift your head and your arms and you say, God, thank you, your perspective changes. Your perspective changes. Something begins to shift in your heart. There's something powerful that happens when you thank God. Because you bring God into your situation. The moment you thank God, you shift your eyes from the storm. You shift your eyes from the crisis. You shift your eyes from the thing that seems to be like, like just something that will take you out. But the moment you lift your hands and you lift your eyes and you say, God, thank you. You bring him into your circumstances. Father, today we thank you. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you that he, through his death and through his resurrection, that we have hope. We thank you for that today in Jesus' precious and holy name. Everybody said, amen. Fantastic. You may be seated this morning. It's so good to be with you. It's been a, a bit of a challenge over the last three months, uh, being going up and down to Bendigo, but I'm so thankful to God for His goodness and His grace, and and so thankful that God has provided a great couple like Steve and Jenny, and uh, you'll meet them one day. I'm going to bring them here to preach, and some good things are happening uh, in that church. One of our elders, Ross, <clears throat> who's uh, got a real heart for prayer, this week really felt on his heart that we should have a month of prayer and fasting. 
Now, I'm not particularly a person who loves fasting, but I know in the power, I know the power of prayer and I know the power of fasting. And I know that there's people in our church that have needs. And so what we're going to do uh, for the next month, for the next four weeks, is um, if you have a need and you know that you need a breakthrough in your situation, then we ask that right at the back, there are some prayer requests. We're going to ask you to fill those prayer requests in. And, and they're going to go to a, a group of people that will be committed to praying and fasting the whole day. And so there'll be people that will be put in specific uh, times of the day that will be praying for your particular situation. How many of you know that's a great idea? To have people supporting and people praying for you. You know, that. let me tell you this, God changes situations when we pray. When we pray, it makes our focus and puts our focus on God. So if you see Ross, Ross will be at the back. And, and twofold, if you have a need, uh, then please fill in one of these forms and we'd love to pray for you. Secondly, uh, if you would like to be part of the praying and the fasting team, and you might think to yourself, do you know what, can God use me? Absolutely. Do you know your prayers are important? And when we fast, what, what's fasting all about? We're focusing our attention on God. And so if you'd like to be part of that and you'd like to put your name down, maybe for half a day, maybe for a whole day, maybe for two days, I don't know, whatever you feel on your heart, why don't we do that and why don't we allow God to do some great things in our church? Is that okay? Fantastic. Dan, thank you so much. Why don't you give Dan a big hand? He does a great job every Sunday. Uh, thank you, Anna Lee. She was fantastic this morning and really just appreciate what God is doing. This morning, uh, I, I want to talk about uh, anchoring your faith. I, I want to talk about where you put your faith. And so the title of my message is Anchor Your Faith. About three weeks ago, I um, began to just talk about faith. As you know, as the senior pastor of the church, that every year around this time of the year, I begin to pray and ask God to give us a theme as a church for the following year. This, this year, it's been possessing His promises. And uh, we as a church have been just amazed at the incredible goodness of God that as we've, um, today, we stand, we've possessed a promise of God that most probably goes back 30 years. And, and those of you that have been around, I, I'm looking at Robin and she's nodding, uh, people that have been around for, for, for such a, a time in this church can see the fulfillment of promises. Isn't it great when you see promises fulfilled? And it must be incredible for people who 30 years ago or 35 years ago, who, you know, started the, were part of the Greensboro Church, to, to be in this place today, they've seen the fulfillment of promise. God is a God of promise. Uh, but I, as I was praying, I really felt that next year's theme, the theme for 2017 was to be faith. And three weeks ago, I talked out of Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8, and I began to talk about the heroes of faith who entered into God's purpose and promise because of their faith. And I just had a sense in my heart 
that, you know, our, our church and that when I say our church, you know, I'm not talking about the building, but I'm talking about people, that all of us, you know, many times need our faith renewed. How many of you know that? Sometimes our faith can get battered. Uh, I believe we need a revival of faith. Some of us need faith restored. Some of us need our faith to be repurposed. Because sometimes, you know, life in itself can really discourage you. Sometimes people get disconnected because they lose faith. Sometimes people get disillusioned or they go through a season of dryness because things that have happened during a particular year have literally battered their faith. But I believe that our God is great. And when we put our faith in Him, that something supernatural can happen. And if we're going to fulfill the purposes in our lives and in this church, we need to be people of faith. Can you give me an amen to that today? So I just want to, you know, over the next most probably, uh, you know, couple of months and, you know, the team, myself, but most probably more next year, this is going to be our theme. This is going to be the heartbeat of the church because I believe that our God wants to do miracles in our church. I believe that we want to see things happen that go beyond the natural. It's good to do, you know, some of the things that we do. It's good to have social justice and it's good to use our hands in the work of what God has called us to do. But let me tell you this, that sometimes we need faith to see the supernatural unlock in our our church, to see the miracles happen. And you know, I, I've been around for a while. I've been going to church since I was five years old. I've seen the good, the bad, and the ugly. And I've seen people disconnect from God because something has happened in their faith. And I just believe that, you know, that people are going to be restored. And in, in this next year, we're going to see people restored in faith, faith repurposed, faith revived, and faith renewed. So let me just give you a bit of a foundation very, very quickly just a couple of things before I talk about the anchoring of your faith. Firstly, just to build a foundation, the first point I want to make is we've all been given a measure of faith. Romans chapter 12, verse 3, I don't know if you um, read your Bible, but in the Bible there's a scripture in Romans 12, verse 3, that says all of us have been given a measure of faith, a seed of faith. In other words, God, the way that we're made, God has given us all the ability to believe. Every one of us in this room, the moment we were born, we were born with a seed of faith. We were given the ability to believe. The fact that the Bible uses the word measure implies that your faith can actually grow. And that's my second point, that your faith can increase. We're all on a journey of faith, but our faith can actually increase. It can grow. In Luke 17, 5, the disciples were, were in a place where, where they, their faith was being tested, and this is what they said. They said, Lord, increase our faith. How many times have you prayed that? How many times have you been going through something and you're going, man, God, help me to believe. Help me to have a greater capacity of faith. In 2 Thessalonians 1 verse 3, the Thessalonian church was commended because their faith was growing more and more. So your faith, you know, you've been given a seed of faith. It's a measure of faith, but it can grow. It's like love. Do you know, those of you that have been married, we've been married 30, um, 30, um, 
30, over 30 years. We've been married over 30 years. And I can honestly say, <coughs> now my mind's going into panic. I need more faith. But, you know, but, but I can honestly say that we love each other more today than the very day we walked up the, the altar. Because our love, it was more of a romantic love. I think we were more in love with the idea of marriage and companionship then we actually understood the reality of love. But over 30 years down the track, I can honestly say, I don't know about the person sitting at the front here, but I can honestly say that we're in more in love today than we were over 30 years ago. And faith is exactly the same. Your faith can grow. You, you know, first when you start off, you know you might crawl just like a baby. The Bible says we're a new creation. So when we're born again, we're just like babies in our faith and we just crawl. My grandson turns one. What a beautiful boy. Who, who wants to see a picture of my grandson? Anybody. Those of you who know me, you know I've got so many videos of him. But he turns one this week and he's just starting to stand. And I'm watching him and he's, you know, the other day he was doing this little dance and he got up and you could see his legs were shaking like this and he's trying to keep a beat. But you know what? In another six months' time, he's going to be actually walking and he's going to be getting into all the cupboards and that's another story. But you know what? He will grow. And your faith, just like your love, grows. So you might be a little bit shaky. Maybe you've just, you know, come to Christ and maybe you've just, you know, engaged your heart with God just over even in the last couple of months. And maybe your faith is a little bit shaky. But let me just say, say this to you. Your legs, your faith, your legs of faith will get strong and you will walk and you will take steps. And the Bible says, and let me tell you why it's important to take steps of faith, because the Bible says in Joshua, this is what he said to Joshua, every place your footsteps you are going to take that ground that's what faith does the moment that you make a decision to live by faith and you take those steps let me tell you God you begin to possess the promises of God but we've got to live by faith so this morning I want to focus on anchoring your faith where do you put your faith who do you put your faith in now, you know, the word anchor, this is what it means. Something that provides stability and confidence in uncertain situations. Something that provides and brings stability and confidence in uncertain situations. When you're going through a storm or you're going through a conflict, uh, anchors hold you down. They keep you secure and they keep you stable and keep your confidence intact. Let me say this to you, that there are certain words that depict faith. Confidence is one. How many of you have ever lost your confidence? Boy, oh boy, it's tough when you're facing life and you've lost your confidence. You know, we, we see it in every realm of life, in every sphere of society. You know, a football team can lose its confidence. Great players who've got great talent, who've got great reputations, if they go through a time when they lose their confidence, it seems like all the talent and all the reputation of the past goes totally out the window. Because the devil is after a couple of things. Let me tell you, number one, he's after your hope. Because hope is the foundation to your faith. He doesn't attract your faith. He goes for something even deeper. He goes for your hope. 
The devil doesn't attack your authority. He goes for your confidence. If he can rob your, your confidence, he will take your authority and your authority can't be displayed through the different things and talents that God has given you. So some people... Sometimes, I think we're all like this, sometimes we anchor our faith to our circumstances. I know there's been times that I'm governed by my circumstances. My faith seems to be anchored more to my circumstances than they do to God or the Word of God. Sometimes people anchor their faith to a philosophy. Sometimes a humanistic or a secular philosophy. And you know what, it's not, there are some philosophies that are out there that are actually quite good. Some people anchor their faith to a product. Uh, some people anchor their, their faith to the resources of their own talent and strength. Some people anchor their faith to a religion, to a ritual. Some people anchor their faith, believe it or not, to lucky charms. You know, I don't know how many times I've, I've spoken to, to people who carry a lucky charm. You know, horseshoes or, or rabbit's foot or something, some object that by holding on to it, it, it gives them confidence and it gives them faith. Some people, now this sounds like a contradiction, just hear me out here. Some people anchor their faith. You're going to say, that doesn't quite make sense, but hear me out. Some people sort of anchor their faith to negativity. They believe that if anything's going to go wrong, it's going to happen to them. It's a mindset. Who knows, who gets what, I'm, what I've just said? Who gets that? Have you ever met people that, you know, if anything's going to go wrong, it's going to happen to me? If they see a glass half full, well, it's half empty. Now, let me confess something to you. That's what I was like. I felt like I had a target on my back. I felt that if anything was going to happen or go wrong, it was going to happen to me. That's how I was brought up. I was brought up in very negative circumstances. In a very ne My family wasn't bad. They just chose to think negatively. And so when something went wrong, I'd be the kid that I'd be praying at the front. If I was in the school and I was in the class, and, and the teacher was looking for someone to give an answer, I'd, I'd be praying, God, don't let them choose me. But in my head, this is what I'd think. This is what would happen. They would, I would think to myself, they are going to choose me. And guess what would happen? I'd get chosen. My, one of my greatest fears was, you know, when they were picking teams at school, that I'd be the last one to be picked. I'd start to think it. And I thought, it's going to happen to me. I feel like I had a target on me. And it took me years to anchor my faith to what I believe is really true. So this morning, I want to talk about anchoring your faith to God's Word. Anchoring your faith to God's Word. The Bible says that faith, hear me, comes by hearing the Word of God. It comes by hearing God's Word. And I just want to give you two words, two Greek words, very, very quickly, to, and they're up on the screen. One is what we call the Logos Word, which means that when we read the Bible, we read it as a book, we read the written Word, we take the knowledge of it, 
We take the principles and the history of this book. That's called a Logos word. It's, it's like we're reading a book that you would read normally. But there's another word, and I'm not going to go into this too deeply, but there's another word called the rhema word. A rhema word means that when you read something, particularly the Bible, that something is revealed, a truth is revealed. God actually speaks to you. The word comes alive and the Logos word is more about impacting your mind, but the Rhema word is more about impacting your heart and your spirit. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 says this, that the word of God, this, is alive and it's active and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. That when it's spoken, what happens, it has the power to penetrate not just your mind, but your spirit. Now, how many of you have ever read the Bible, and as you're reading God's Word, it's like a scripture has jumped out and it's come alive? Can you put your hand up? That is what we call a rhema word. That is a word of revelation. That's a word that God has revealed to you. He's actually spoken into your spirit. Now, this Bible here is full of my writings, dates, places, where as I've been reading God's word, Logos, I've just been reading it, uh, God has spoken to me through a particular passage. And what I've usually done, and this is, it's very hard for me not to travel with this because my new Bible that I'm trying to break in, I, 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 I've got so many dates and places and thoughts in this Bible here that it's really easy, easy because when I travel with this Bible, I could preach pretty well on any subject if I've lost my notes or anything. And I'm just trying to break in a new Bible because God wants me to hear some new things. Because I'm on a journey. I want to keep growing. I don't want to just rest on yesterday's truth. I know God wants to speak some new stuff to me. And so I carry both Bibles with me. But this Bible here, because let me say this to you, God's Word is timeless. It's timeless. I can't believe that this book that was written you know, hundreds of years ago, thousands of years ago, still today has not just great meaning, has great power and great significance. You know what? The world, the world is changing. We've got so much technology. We've got everything. But there's nothing new under the sun. There's nothing new under the sun. It's timeless. It's prophetic. I'm amazed that how God spoke thousands of years ago but still speaks today with the same power, with the same truth. It's relevant. It connects me and anchors me and anchors my faith to God. Now, here's the sad thing. If you just read these, this book and, it, and you can't hear God's voice, then you're missing out a truth, and not just a truth, but a reality of hearing God's voice. Now, the Bible says this, that faith comes by hearing, but let me just, let me say this. If you, it also comes by as you read, you will hear. That's why I, I love, I, I was staying with someone in Bendigo on Sunday, um, sorry, on, on uh, Wednesday night, and I woke up in the morning 
and the family I was staying with, the, the husband was in, his, was in his study and I said, what are you doing? He said, I'm having my quiet time. He said, every morning uh, since, I was, since I got saved, I make sure that the way I start my day is I, I read God's word because many times he wants to speak to me. I thought, that is amazing. That so encouraged me. And today, let me tell you that God still speaks today. God still today wants to speak to us. And we need to anchor our faith because if when you hear God's word, your faith will be anchored. It will be safe and it will be secure. So this morning, in the next 10 minutes, I just want to share with you some some. Um, examples of, of what I mean by what I'm saying. I, I want to just share some stories about where my faith has been anchored, how sometimes I've been through some really difficult times. And it's funny because when you're in a crisis, you tend to pray a lot more. How many of you have experienced that? And when you pray and you read and you're in a crisis and you're really searching because the Bible says, if you search uh, for me with all your heart, you will find me. And, you know, sometimes I've been so desperate that I have prayed and I said, God, you've got to speak to me. And when I go with that heart and with that spirit and I begin to read his word, he speaks to me. Revelation and rhema begins to happen. So let me just give you a few scriptures that have anchored my faith. Sometimes I've been overwhelmed by God's purpose. Sometimes I've had leadership challenges that I've cried out to God and said, God, I'm not equipped to do this. God, I don't know how I'm going to get through. God, I, I, I'm, I'm a simple person. I, I, I'm not that highly educated. And you put me in a leadership position. God, help me. Sometimes there's been change. I've gone through massive change and had to work through that. Sometimes I've felt insecure. Sometimes, you know, we've got challenges in our family with our children and I've, and I've prayed and I've gone to God and, I, and, and things just seem like, God, are we ever going to break through? Is it ever going to be a miracle? And you know what? God has anchored my faith through his word. So let me tell you of one particular situation. Do you know, um, in a, I think it was 19, no, in the year 1999, I was asked to go and plant a church in Adelaide in the city to, to start a city campus. Well, we were in a church called Edge Church International. And uh, I was like Charles, I was uh, asked to go and, and, and start a campus. And um, we started with 40 people. And when I got there, you know, I, I the church began to grow, went from 40 to 60 to 80, and my faith began to grow. And um, then... Um, you know, we started getting building issues and, and we were asked to leave the building we were in because they had to polish the floors. And so we, um, we left and we were, we were in a school for a while that seemed better. And so we thought maybe we'll stay here. But to cut a long story short, um, you know, after they had finished polishing the, the floor in this particular place that we were meeting uh, and we were in this school just for three weeks, we were told that if we wanted to come back, we could come back, uh, but we couldn't put chairs on the floor anymore. And I thought to myself, that was going to be like a groupie church. Imagine what that church was going to be like. So we lost that building. But because um, the, the, the school we were in, they, they weren't uh, sort of kind to our, you know, Christian expression, uh, they also said, no, we don't want you here. So in one week, I lost two buildings. 
And I didn't have another building to bring the church into. And so during that week, I got two negative phone calls. No, you can't come back here. And no, we, we're not going to let you have the, you know, the church here. And so find yourself another place. And I went in absolute panic. And so we eventually, we found a Bible college that allowed us to stay uh, in their, couple of their rooms and we were able to stay there for about three or four months. And, and I got so overwhelmed by the God's purpose and God's call on my life. I was totally overwhelmed. I don't know if you've ever been overwhelmed. It feels like fear just totally overcomes you. And it's not great when you're the leader. It's okay when a few of your people may be feeling, but when you're the leader and you're supposed to be fearless and you're supposed to be giving direction and you're supposed to be going, come on, be strong and courageous, I was not that person. I was totally overwhelmed. My, you know, I'd go and talk to my wife about it, but she showed me, no, no, I do want to have lunch. She gave me no pity. And I went to God and I said, God, how am I going to do this? The vision is big. The, the, the vision is to have a city church and I can't even seem to hold on to a building. It was so overwhelming. And I went to prayer and I was praying and I was desperate and I was just reading, you know, because I was systematically reading through the Bible and I came through this passage of Scripture that when I came to it, my faith was anchored to God's Word and it helped me to settle my soul. This is what it says. It says this, little by little... I will bring you to the land until you've had, you've increased enough in your strength. Do you know that passage of scripture gave me faith to know that God was for me, that what the, even though the vision was big, that God was going to lead me little by little, every little step. It was going to be little steps. It was going to be like a jigsaw puzzle. He was going to give me a piece at a time and he would unfold his purpose. It gave me such peace and security that that passage of Scripture, even today, even finding ourselves in this building, those of you who know, when we first started, it didn't look like this. When we first started, let me tell you, the circumstances were definitely like this. When we started here, there were overwhelming circumstances circumstances, but this scripture kept me anchored to God's word. It kept my soul anchored, and we were able to move forward, and that church, for 18 months, went on a bit of a, 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 a journey. We went through seven buildings till, you know what, and every single building we went to, you know, God is amazing. I couldn't even see it, but every building we went through got closer to the city, got closer to the city. It's like God had a plan, and and sometimes God doesn't show you his plan. I've said this before. He just gives you a piece of the puzzle, but he wants your faith to be anchored in his word and in him. Can somebody give me an amen to that? I'm going to take my jacket off. And as you can see, someone here is going to need some fasting. Okay, I, I listen, that came out wrong. It wasn't my fault that she came out to get that. You know, we've got a warehouse just there, and you might be thinking, when are you going to get on with it? I'll tell you how we're going to do it, little by little. You know how we got here? Little by little. We've got great vision. We've got great 
thoughts that we believe that God's spoken to us. Guess how we're going to do it? Little by little. Guess how you're going to get there? Little by little. And that's been a scripture that has anchored my soul. Let me give you another scripture that's anchored my soul. Psalm 16 verse 5. Do you know in, it was I think in 2008 or 2009, I'm not great with my dates, um, we went through a change of ministry. We'd been with a church for 14 years and uh, we had our security in that ministry. Uh, God had been, God had blessed us. We, we had our roots down. But God had spoken to us and said it was time for change. Now, how many of you like change? Put your hand up. Three, four, five people. Thank you for being honest. I don't like change. And all our security, and the thing is, is that we had planted two congregations for, for this particular church. We'd been there for 14 years. We were in the UK. And I want to tell you something. It's really difficult when you're, we, we'd gone to the UK, and that was another journey, but we'd gone to the UK, and in that journey, there was an incredible um, process that we had to go through. Now I'm in England, and we feel that and coming back, we were going to embrace a whole new venture in God. The fear, we knew it was right. I knew it was right. But the fear that came, the fear of change, the fear of financial security, the fear of letting go of 14 years of productive ministry, the fear of the unknown was massive. And I could sense my, even my body was stressing. And I thought, God, where are we going to land? How are we going to land? How is this going to work out? Those of you who fear your future, find out what God says about your future. Find out from here what God says about your future. Anchor your faith. And as I'm praying, and I've still got the date, November the 8th, Bristol. God spoke to me. As I was reading the Bible, I was crying out to God. God spoke to me and says this, Lord, you have assigned me my portion and my cup. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. Do you know that scripture anchored me to my future? And it wasn't easy. We had to go through some tough things. But that scripture has held me and held me secure through all the process. And let me tell you, our next chapter looked totally different to what I thought. But God had made a promise that he had assigned for me my portion and my cup and that the boundary lines of my life had fallen into pleasant places that there was a delightful inheritance for my life and my family. It held me secure. Do you know, I know that, you know, seasons will change. Our season will change. It's already changed going to Bendigo. But this scripture anchors me that I know that God has a hope and he has a future for my life. Because my faith is not anchored in some lucky dip or some lucky emblem, but it's anchored in the revelation, the rhema word of God. Let me just give you one last one. Can I have 
Dan, could you come up here? Now, I've got, if you go through this Bible, I've got heaps and heaps of scriptures. If you grab this Bible, there are heaps and heaps of scriptures that God has personally spoken to me about our family. I've got scriptures in here about our church. I've got scriptures in here about our children. God spoke to me in 1994 in a quiet time when my kids were still very young and gave me a passage of scripture that at that time I did not understand what it meant. I really didn't. Everything was calm. Everything was fine. But boy, in the last couple of years, our family's been through some turmoil. They've been through a bit of a storm. And fear comes. Invades your spirit, invades your mind. Brings you to places that are so dark. And something happened this year with one of my kids and, and, and my wife was really distraught and she, she got quite emotional and she came to me and, and as she told me what was said, I started to, I didn't get perplexed. I actually said, hang on. It's nearly like I started to laugh because I remembered. I remembered the scripture that God gave to me. I've got it right here. Right here. And they're going through a bit of a storm. But this scripture anchors my soul. It gives me faith. It gives me the ability to believe him. And when she told me, I grabbed this and I said, have, have a look at this. I'd forgotten all about it. It's got my kids' names. I wrote my kids' names. Could you believe that? I wrote my kids' names. She got it. We got the scripture. It's by her bedside. We pray. Circumstances don't look right. Circumstances look different. But I want to tell you, our faith is anchored to God's Word. It's anchored to God's Word. Where's your faith anchored? Where's your faith? Just want to give you one last scripture, and then we're going to close. you know, we've been through some dark seasons. You might look at us and think, well, they seem to have it all together. Or maybe you look at us and you think, no, they don't have it all together. But we've been through dark seasons, just like many of you. Some of them have been physical challenges. Some of them have been emotional. Some of them have been spiritual. Some of them have been financial. And, and I, I said it three weeks ago about that six weeks of hell where everything seemed to break loose. But we've had other seasons where it's been tough. We've had to fight. We've had to hold our ground and keep our faith in God and keep our faith anchored. And I remember this particular time, and I won't tell you the circumstances, but it looked like our backs were to the wall. Everything seemed to be out of control. It was hard to hang on to hope. And it was like, 
man, I can't even hang on to hope. Where's faith? I couldn't see the light at the end of the tunnel. And God gave me the scripture in my heart as I began to cry out. And like I said before, man, when you pray, this comes alive. A rhema word happens. And this scripture has girded me, it's held me. It's the anchor to sometimes things that we go through. This is what it says. But now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I've summoned you by name. God knows your name in your crisis. You're not just a number. You're not just some statistic. God knows your name. This is what it says. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. They will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burnt. And the flames will not set, be set over you. You know, I've used this passage of Scripture. Can I just have the sound down in, in here, just to fold back the piano? I've, had, I've used this Scripture to help people anchor their faith. But I want to tell you, something happened when I read this. These were the words that stuck out to me. When you go through. When you go through. You know what? I heard a saying once, it says this, when you're going through hell, don't stop. If you're going through hell, don't stop. Keep walking by faith. Keep taking those steps because every step you take, you are walking through your situation. And you know what? Now, this is how I live. This is how I live. Every day, I know that something could happen. I mean, you know, I, I've gone to Bendigo and, you know, there's some things that we've had to work through and it's not great when, you know, people come up to you and say, well, pastor, good luck to you. This is called the, grave, the pastor's graveyard. This is where pastors come and this is where they finish up. How would you like, how's that for encouragement? How would you like to take a church like that on? Good luck, pastor. Well, let's see how you're going to end. The church hasn't got a great history. But guess what? I'm going to keep walking through. I'm going to keep walking through. You know, every day things happen. Every day, you know, I used to get up and I used to look for utopia. God, please don't let anything go wrong today. Please just give me a utopia day. Just give me a day when nothing goes wrong. I mean, we're on holidays and, uh, you know, my mum has to go to, to hospital. Not great to have a holiday like that. But you know what? We just had to walk through. We just said, you know what? We just, it's just another day where we can stretch our faith. But we're not going to stay there. We are going to keep walking through. Do you want to know something? That's the sort of people we need to be. If we're going to see God do miracles in this place, 
We need to be a people of faith. They're going to come many people through those doors, and I've said it many times. They're going to come people with great challenges. There's going to come people with all sorts of things that they are going to be challenged with. Let's be a people that takes them by the hand and says, come on, let's walk together. Let's walk through this together and see what our God will do. Come on, would you give God a big hand of praise this morning? Come on, stand to your feet. Would you stand to your feet? Come on, just stand to your feet just for a moment. I I don't know where your faith is at. I don't know where you've anchored your faith. But can I say this to you, that God, today, you have an incredible opportunity to anchor your faith to God's Word. He wants to speak to you. He wants to give you revelation of your Future, You know, I'm just looking at, at a young man. You've got glasses hanging off your, your shirt here. I, I've, I've never met you before. But you know what? I, I just sense that you're on a journey of faith. God wants to increase your faith. Uh, I, I feel like there's been a little bit of a, a shockwave. Some things have happened that have caused you to step back a little bit. But you know what? God wants you to take steps forward. Friends, we're not going to go... F- backwards, we're going to go forward. Would you would you grab a hold of that today? Would you just lift your hands up, young man? Come on, both your hands, just for a moment. I want to pray with you. Father, I, I don't know who this young man is, but I just sense that you're about to activate a whole new sense of faith in his heart. And Lord, I, I see that there's been times that he's taken steps back, uh, but Lord, today you're encouraging him to be a man of faith, and Lord, you're going to reactivate. You are going to revive areas that have even gone dormant. You're going to revive those areas. And I see you walking forward. I see that gift of leadership just rising up. And you're going to take a hold of the promises of God. Anchor your faith in God's Word again and see what I will do, says the Lord. Come on, give God a big hand of praise today. Come on, would you do that? Now today, just for a moment, just every eye closed, just for a moment, maybe you're, you know, you you feel like you're on shaky ground. Maybe you feel like your your legs are wobbly, and maybe you've tried to, you know, anchor your faith in different things. And and today, something's happened in your heart, and you're going, you know. And some of you, this is what I sense. This is not a judgment call. This is not condemnation. This is not trying to make you feel bad. But I just sense some of you haven't been reading your Bible, and you're wondering. You're going through circumstances and you're doing it alone. But I I just sense that God wants to give you a greater hunger for His Word. And as you come to His Word, I believe that your faith is going to be anchored again. And if that's you, would you just lift up your hand and say, Pastor, today, I I just sense, I I just need my faith to, to, I need to hear God's voice again. I need to, I'm hearing everybody else's philosophies. I'm running this way and that. But you know what? God wants you to anchor your faith in His Word. Father, we thank You for that. I thank You for these hands that are raised. Father, bring a new hunger. Let them know that You want to speak to them, that You have words of life, words of encouragement that You want to bring them. Father, we thank You for that. Father, in Jesus' precious name. Now, come on, all of us, just let's lift our hands just for a moment. Holy Spirit, help us. Help us. You've given us your word. Help us to know how much you want to speak to us, how much you want to help us. Every day, 
Just like a father watching a son or a daughter grow, you're there. You want to speak to us. You want to give us hope. You want to encourage us to keep walking through. Lord, we want to be a people of faith. We want to be a people that, Lord, we... We don't want to remove the facts. We know that there's facts. We know that there's giants in life. But we want to look at those giants and say, I'm not going to be intimidated and I'm not going to let you take me down. Father, let us be people that will bring hope. Let us be people that will be carriers of faith. I pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. Come on, give God a big hand of praise today. Thank you for that. Do you want to come up? Why don't you give Charles a big hand as he comes this morning and just closes the meeting for us. God is good, isn't he? Hey, just take your seats just for a little minute. We just have one uh, uh, thing to do uh, before we go. Uh, We're going to take up our missions uh, offering. Uh, this morning. So I just want to encourage you for those that are giving. There are quite a few things going on. Um, one that I'm particularly excited about is what uh, uh, Vincent Bromio is doing in Italy through Youth Alive. That it seems to be every year uh, the venue that they're hiring is just incredible. It's just growing and growing and growing. But you know what? We know that we're called to affect our local area. We know we're called to affect our region and we know we're called to affect uh, nations of the world. Amen. Amen. To see them pulled out of darkness and into the light. Hey, just aware there's obviously some lights that have gone this morning. We'll take care of that uh, this week. But why don't you take your uh, offering in your hand and let's pray together as we close the meeting. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord for the mantle you've put on this church, Lord God, and Lord, the plan that you've set out for our life. We pray, Lord God, that as we give to you, Lord, as we give into missions, help us, Lord God, to help those that are giving their life to serve you, that are giving up, Lord God, the the comforts. And Lord God, I thank you that as we support them and partner with them, that your kingdom comes and that people meet Jesus. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Fantastic. There's buckets just on your left-hand side. I just want to encourage you to pass those along and the ushers will collect those. It's a great week coming next week. Just want to once again remind you that there are a few sign-ups in the foyer. So if you are married and and wanting to do the closer course, there's a sign-up table available for that. And also, I really want to encourage you around uh, uh, the prayer and the fasting. Uh, Please see uh, Ross straight after the service. Put your name down. I've just finished a fast and it's a, you know, uh, going straight back into another one. Ross, when he mentioned it, it was sort of like it was a yes and it was a no all at the same time. Everyone can relate to that. But I want to see God move. I I, want to see testimonies uh, that will stand up here and declare to our community that that God has brought breakthrough. And we know that often it needs to be through prayer and fasting. So I just want to encourage you guys to sign up for that. Have a great week. Give a few people around you a hug and we'll see you next week, 10 a.m. God bless. I find you
So.